0: This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station, KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got The Big Show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from zoo to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The Big Show starts now.
1: You bet it does. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of The Big Show. On ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Berzer. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey and Brendan Schaefer, and look who's back. Producer Chris is back. How about it? What I miss? A lot. Yay! A lot of a lot of things. Like Missouri still doesn't have a uh, defensive coordinator. And, um, and and yeah, there's a lot more that that you probably need to catch up on if you were out of the sports world. Uh, the like last a lot, how? Yeah, a lot of things. You do know that the Chiefs played, right? Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, uh, it was on Peacock, so maybe there were folks who oh, are yeah. couldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you listened on ninety six seven KCMQ. We will talk some Chiefs at uh, four or at five oh five. How much do we really make of this being Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game? Oh, no. Is it that big of a deal? We'll talk about that at uh, 5.05. We will also talk some Mizzou men's basketball. Their game last night against Alabama turned out to be not so much about the game because of a certain moment that happened between one of Mizzou's players and Alabama's coach. Kind of tough that we have to talk about it that way, but guess what? That's kind of the story from what happened yesterday. We'll get to it uh, in just a few minutes. We'll also talk some more. NFL as we get closer to the uh, playoffs uh, for the divisional round this weekend. More upsets coming, just like we saw maybe uh, last weekend with the Eagles and the, uh, the Cowboys going down. We'll talk more about that. 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, you can also tweet us at Show and find us on Facebook, too, at Facebook.com slash Show.
0: Now the Big Show's Big Deal.
1: So Mizzou men's hoops still struggling. They lost their fourth game in a row at Alabama, 93-75. The Tigers shot well again but just could not defend well but it kind of got overshadowed by a moment that happened in the first half. Kind of going into a timeout, Aiden Shaw for Mizzou found himself near the Alabama bench and tried to get himself untangled from uh, the opponents there. And Alabama head coach Nate Oates certainly appeared to put a hand onto Aiden Shaw, pushed him away and pointed him back to his bench saying, get out of here. And uh, that obviously sparked some... uh, some controversy, at Nate Oates. According to Dennis Gates, said he apologized after the game, but the SEC today issued a public reprimand of Nate Oates today. No fine, no suspension, nothing like that. That is the big show's big deal on this seventeenth day of January, twenty twenty-four. He got a he got a <laughs> stern talking to, didn't hey, he? You. Get out of here, you! <laughs> You little don't scamp. do it
2: again. Oh, I do Did they Nathan Oates? Him? Nathan... Did, they, did they give him the full first name? <laughs> What's
1: his middle name? I don't know. I think they went first name, la- middle name, last name for oh, Nathaniel man. Oates.
2: That doesn't feel good. Yeah, he no. he is a Nathaniel, isn't he? They, they they told him. They said Nathaniel Justin Oates. <laughs> do not put your hands <laughs> Nathaniel on Nathaniel
1: Quaker Oats. Duh. <laughs>
2: They they first middle named him and that that uh, yeah. was enough I guess huh uh,
1: they uh, I guess so the next time you do that we're putting Ow. you in timeout we're gonna get you you better not do that again do you think they me, like a
2: break do you think they like gave him a nookie to him like oh we can't stay mad at you Nate come on now get <laughs> out
1: of here oh boy wash your hands for dinner uh, yeah seriously that that's all that Nate Oates got today the SEC announcing that earlier this afternoon public reprimand
2: are you surprised (laughs) that that's all that comes of uh, of this no ultimately
1: no no not at all i don't
2: think i am either i
1: mean it's just uh, it's certainly under the bus we'll get to that uh coming up but i mean it's just i understand Uh, nothing was really all that vicious about it it wasn't a swing or anything like that was it no but it it was a shove? yeah no you can't (laughs) you ultimately uh, a coach Put his hands on an opposing player and, full extension too. Right, I mean, he yeah, really, like just I, I don't know how uh, I don't know why the SEC feels that they should just you know have not even a slap on the wrist, but just kind he of should, like It a,
2: should cost him money. That would be the right. I answer. think so it too. Get yeah. suspended. Um, it should cost it should cost Nate Oates a, a cool ten grand or whatever they do for fines. Maybe that's like an NFL fine. Five grand, you know, whatever, unspecified damages. I don't know what you would call it. Here's the reality. It should have been a technical foul on the floor, and at that point it probably ends there, right? I would have had an issue with a technical foul called, and then I don't need a statement from the SEC today because it's not like if you're punished for it in the moment, it wasn't an overly egregious. It's not like he, you know, nope, not going to go there. Uh, it's not like he did anything t- truly egregious. He shoved a guy. It's not like Aiden Shaw got hurt as a result of it. Call the technical foul and let it go from there. But because they didn't do anything on the floor, that is why the league office said, well, I guess we better draft a statement. Nate Oates, we don't support that. You can't do that, mister. And then that's they're going to call it good. Um, should have been a technical foul on the floor, and I think it would have been handled in the moment at that point, and you move on.
1: Yeah, the fact that the officials did nothing certainly uh, added to the situation and how rough the moment was. Here was Dennis Gates uh, after the game asked about uh, that particular incident.
0: Well, Nate Nate apologized after the game. I, I've known Nate since he was a high school coach in, in Detroit. Uh, but I just posed the question, if that was players in a huddle with a hand on an opponent, what would take place? It would be an automatic technical foul, right? I thought I saw two referees in the huddle. It wasn't a technical foul. So
1: that was Dennis Gates afterward. And he's right. I mean, if there were roles flipped in this situation, I don't think the officials miss it. And look, the, the officials can say, oh, I didn't see it. There were a lot of players around and things like that. The they were seated right there. I saw more. But yeah, the officials, please. Like, come on. This is not hard to miss.
2: No, they saw it because they had to they the one of the refs stepped in and sort of, you know, pulled pulled Nate Oates and kind of redirected him, if nothing else. They saw it and they just didn't think it, it rose to the level of needing to be addressed in the terms of a technical foul. I disagree because like you said, if you reverse some roles or you change some characters around in this little cosplay we're gonna do here and say that, you know, a, a player or coach puts his hand on a ref in that fashion, he's out of the game, 100% out of the game, right? And I'm not saying that that necessarily should have been the case here, but at a minimum, it's a technical foul. If a player, and they want to say, well, he was in our huddle, not really, like it was just he was he was being held back by an Alabama player, they were tangled up, it took him a minute to get untied. It, Nate Oates didn't have any business, like be a little more patient, and recognize that if your guy wasn't so mixed up in the, the heat of it as well, that, you know, the Aiden Shaw would have probably been well on his way back to his own bench at that point. You know, I can't think of another scenario where they wouldn't say, okay, that's a technical foul. Let's discourage this type of behavior. If a player were to have done that to a coach in whatever instance, coaches go on the floor all the time. If I'm a player and say, hey, you're on my floor, this isn't where you belong, go over where you belong. That would have been a technical foul, probably an ejection if a player does it to a coach but Nate Oates can do it to Aiden Shaw and nothing, public rec- reprimand. I don't care about that at all. Should have given him a technical foul, and because they didn't, I think it should have cost him a-, a few bucks in terms of a fine just so that the league can say, yeah, we recognize that this was bad.
1: Yeah, because when when they miss it in the moment, you have to almost – Provide a harsher, and it's kind of unfair this way. But you have to be a little harsher after the fact. I agree. When when time passes and everybody uh, you know finds out all the facts about this, so I I think the SEC should have done a whole lot more than what they did. It, it's not going to make Nate Oates learn his lesson for sure. Uh, just you know, put your hands on an opposing player, nothing happens. That's the standard that the SEC just set.
2: You know, and he did run over to, to Dennis Gates and apologize after the fact. And, and if you heard Nate Oates in his quotes after the game, he said, oh, I have a lot of respect for Dennis Gates and all that stuff. And, you know, from everything I know, Aiden Shaw's a good kid. Like, I you just got to own your own responsibility. It doesn't matter if you have respect for Dennis Gates or for Mizzou. Like, how, you know, he said he's sorry. That's great. It's better than the alternative, I suppose. But He was in the wrong, so yeah, to apologize is probably the right thing. I agree with you. It should have been a a fine. Uh, A lot of times, I think, Andy, in the NBA or the NFL, when there's a call miss, it almost seems like it is either a fine or sometimes a guy will get suspended if they're a repeat offender, which in this instance, I don't really think you can kind of factor that in for Nate Oates. I doubt that he's shoved a player before. No. But like a lot of times when there's nothing done in the moment, even if a play isn't flagged in the NFL, you can still get some sort of discipline the next day give him take a little money of his from his pocket and be done with it that's probably what should have happened
1: yeah at the very least and look there's there's got to be some sort of repercussion other than just oh yeah the officials missed it sorry don't do that again nato it's it's got to be a lot more than that the sec today i think missed the mark 875 ktgr give us a call or a text what did you think of that incident yesterday between uh, Nate Oates and Aiden Shaw, with Shaw getting kind of shoved uh, the other direction away from the huddle.
2: And then ultimately, Mizzou gets kind of shoved in the outcome of the game. Yeah. Um, didn't cover, Andy. I said yesterday on the show, if they would just get me a cover, I would, I would take them against Florida on Friday. Money line, don't even need the points that I would probably receive. Um, they they were close in the end but it kind i mean of went they were the looking way that in the last way it was
1: looking like they were going to cover pretty much uh, most of the game they were oh, hanging tough they were only down two happened. and a half
2: i told you exactly what would happen you, you if you get close at halftime then suddenly i'm emotionally invested and there was a moment in the second half when four to six minutes in or whatever it was it's like a alabama hits a shot to make it a three point shot to make it like a four point lead or whatever it was and i'm like man right as I start getting sucked in, they get an emotional three and they call timeout. Dennis Gates calls timeout and things kind of unravel a little bit from there. Um, They did. They played well in that first half. And isn't it crazy? I harp a little bit on Nick honor yesterday and he comes out as a scorer in that game, um, which is what I I think you got to see to get Mizzou where they want to go. They got to, they got to have scorers on the floor. You can't have any just, you can't have that number of just non-scorers and Aiden Shaw isn't going to often contribute offensively, So if you have two guys on the floor that you know aren't really going to be a a threat to score, that's going to be easy to defend for other teams. And so I like that Nick was able to put some points on the board yesterday. But, yeah, it was just, yeah, they ran out of steam in the second half. I don't know if there's anything else you can diagnose as to how it happened beyond that.
1: Pretty much. I mean, you have to be able, when you're trying to make those types of comebacks, Mizzou did well to hang in this game. And you can can hang – On the road like that against quality teams, and Alabama certainly is one, you can hang by hitting shots. and You can hang by finding good looks, doing well in the half court, uh, every, every once in a while get a fast break bucket. But you can't get over the hump. You can't get upsets. If you don't defend, if you don't stack stops together, if you don't make runs, when uh, did you, did you see really mu- much of a time except for the end of the first half, which the, Mizzou did a really nice job there, but other than that, n- no real runs in this game from Mizzou. They it, they didn't have a period of time where they shut down defensively against Alabama, and they uh, and that allowed them to kind of climb back into the margin. I just. Th- that happened last week against Kentucky. They, they were right there with them, step for step almost, for about 35 minutes. And then at the very end, Kentucky had a few more closing plays in order to get the victory. And Mizzou just faded at the end. I, I just think defensively, you're right. They ran out of gas. They couldn't hang with the speed of Alabama with their shot-making abilities it was just too much, and we're going to see that a few more times this year with how good these SEC teams are at home, uh, and especially these next few weeks or so when Mizzou's got a whole bunch of road games lumped together. So I, I think it's it's more so the fact that, hey, look, you you did well to, to hit your shots and, and provide those big moments on the offensive end to keep your team alive, but there was no final push. There was no... Uh, I, I guess uh, it's not want to or effort. I think they're putting out the effort out there just fine, but just the they don't have the speed. They don't have the uh, uh, the bodies to to be able to hang with these guys defensively. And look, I mean they're they're gonna see that a few more a few more times this year. And I, I don't know if is gonna be able to handle most of it if things don't change quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean Alabama was a team that came in averaging like ninety points per game. They cleared that margin. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, the the opportunities to play good defense, it just seemed like you'd, you'd have a stop or whatever, but they could never string them together. They, you, you mentioned it. They never really had that period of the game where you felt tangibly the momentum start to shift as a result of Mizzou playing lockdown defensively. And sometimes they would make a stop, but it's like they don't maybe run the best possession on the other end. Sometimes it's the timing of those things that if you get a good stop or you play a full shot clock out and they don't score – and then you come down on the other end and aren't able to answer. That's the hard way to kind of gain momentum. It's nice to get those stops, but to not be able to come right back and punch them in the mouth and then say, "Oh, they're kind of on the uh, you know tail between their legs" sort of thing. They think that we've got a shot in this game. Like you never really put that sort of scare into Alabama. Uh, certainly, really after halftime, I would say.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They opened the half, the the second half fairly well. Again, getting the shots that they needed. But that intensity on the other end just didn't let up. The other thing, 875KTGR, uh, if you want to call or text us, talking about Mizzou, Alabama last night, kind of more of the on-court stuff, what actually happened in the basketball game instead of, you know, uh, what happened between Nate Oates and, and Aiden Shaw. But uh, bench play. We we saw another solid game, I think, from Jesus Carolero Martin. I mean, he got into double-figure yeah. scoring, he was uh, efficient with his shots, I thought, while he was. Uh, on the floor, again, we just don't see anybody else right now who's providing that offensive spark coming off the bench. We're, we're it's really tough to find scoring elsewhere other than uh, the places where you usually find it. Tamar Bates, Noah Carter uh, was back in double figures last night. Sean East uh, only six points, kind of struggled yesterday. There was maybe some question as to how healthy he might have been. I know the TV broadcast mentioned something about him uh, maybe being sick during, and, and missing shoot-around the day before or something like that. But uh, I, who knows? We, we don't know all the details on that. But uh, off night for him, and then if you don't get it from those two other guys, where else is it coming from? So I, I, just, I think this team needs somewhere else to turn when the first unit needs a break, and not only trying to pick up the defensive intensity, but also turning to somebody who can hop off the bench and make some shots and and create his own shot maybe uh, when, when things are getting a little dicey in the middle portions of these halves.
2: They're just short a couple of players this year. Like, we keep coming back to that same answer, and maybe by trying out some of these other guys, maybe younger players in more prom- prominent roles, maybe that's something that can turn it around, but you don't know for sure that those guys are going to be ready for that moment either. I, I don't think it can hurt at this point. You mentioned Carolero Martin, uh, you know, coming through and, and, and being a guy that can provide a little bit of a spark, but I, I just think they're short on the number of guys that are capable of doing that or that have at least proven to this point that they're able to do that. And that's at the end of every game. It feels like we're just kind of throwing our hands up, uh, trying to explain what's going on. It's like, yeah, I think they're short a couple players and that, that's just where it feels like right now. They don't have enough of those impact-level guys that have stepped forward and have, have really staked a claim and an ownership of that role and being able to do that on a consistent basis for this group.
1: And again, it it kind of goes down to them trying in the transfer portal to get somebody that could be an impact there. They try That could be a, a huge, uh, like a, a center point or a centerpiece of – of yeah. the offense of what you're trying to do and then that could be one of your starters and then a, a, maybe a guy like it's not to say that he's not deserving to be a starter because he is right now but a guy like tamar bates doesn't have to carry the the starter workload he can come off the bench be one of your uh shot making uh guys to turn to when you need to to give somebody a spell uh and and not lose the production on the floor so uh, again the fact that those guys had to move up into roles that, you know, sometimes they can fill them, sometimes they can't. But it leaves a, a void on the backside when you're trying to get some unproven young players to step up into those spots and not lose all that production that you had from the first unit. Because again, Mizzou hung in the game when yeah. the starters were out on the floor, just could not sustain it for 40 minutes. And that's that they're kind of being exposed a little bit from that.
2: Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent right. Here's something else I'm going to throw out here. This is apropos of nothing, but I think we've okay. beat yet another Mizzou blowout loss to death um, today. I, I, I sent this to you guys. I saw that. Here's a blast from the past. Sean Dura Gordon. You remember that guy? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. maybe he was going to be the, the
1: the savior for uh, for the Kanza Martin era, right? Point guard well, of the and He played.
2: He played five minutes a game in twelve games for Mizzou in twenty one twenty two. Yeah, obviously transferred out. Um, Went to Austin P. after that, was a fine role player there. He's with Siena this year. I don't know if he had an injury or what. Has only played in their last six games. He's averaging 25 points per game. What? Oh, in six games? <laughs> <With> Siena, <laughs> 25.8 points per game. He, he dropped like 36 in his last game or something. I don't know how that, I don't even remember how that flashed across my screen. What conference are they But in? it's like, I, the Siena Saints, I could tell you they're the Saints. I could not tell you their conference off, off, off the top of my head. But it's not a big one. But, like, good for him, I guess. Like I said, this is apropos of nothing. It has nothing to This is not me saying, Amazou oh, should have stuck with him. I just I saw that today, and I the said, Metro what? Metro
1: Atlantic Athletic Conference. The conference of Kings, The Come on, man.
2: Come on. Yeah, look at <laughs> that. It's, it's crazy. I don't know. I just wanted to to get your take on that. You just wanted to Andy throw video. that out
1: there and just say, Did you hey, have look a, at this.
2: Yeah, did you have a, a Sean Dura Gordon hot
1: take for us today? No, I, I don't. Know if you might. I, I, I really don't have a uh,
2: call that a hot take an old friend that. alert. Uh,
1: right, I think it's kind of. I, it, I
2: think two years ago on one of the first shows I did, I was like, "What is a Duru Gordon?" It's like, "Is that really a name?" I don't know. I I, I think I got off on a tangent. Well, he's getting the last laugh, averaging twenty five point eight points per game and eight rebounds know? for the Sienna Saints of the MAC conference. That's good. I
1: mean. Good for him, right? That's all I had. It's, it's, I did. Yeah, like no, I, I.
2: Good tangent, yeah, but sure. Wanted to bring good that to the uh to the dais and and see what people thought. We're filing that under good for him. Well, right. I like mean, I, I, I don't good, know what right?
1: else to say to, to say that. Other than good for Sean dewar Gordon, like uh, yeah, I just it, didn't it, want, I want to talk somewhere. about
2: that that Mizzou game any more than we did. Well, like, okay. hey, I mean, yeah, get it. I it was a
1: rough game and you know the whole nato stuff made it even worse so that's i understand but give us your thoughts on it 875 ktgr uh here at 423 on the big show what does that mean for mizzou hoops going forward next contest for them is at home against florida where they again are trying to break this winning streak or break this losing streak and get their first win of conference play well speaking of alabama this is kind of interesting There was a huge addition to the transfer portal today from Alabama, and there might be a few others uh, leaving after the Nick Saban retirement. Is this going to give more hope for Mizzou slated to go to Tuscaloosa in football for 2024?
0: We'll talk about it next year on The Big Show. You are listening to The Big Show Podcast on ktgr.com.
1: Just a slap on the wrist, if that, for Nate Oates. From the SEC office, no fine, no suspension. It wasn't suspension worthy, but probably fine worthy. uh, Nate Oates, uh shoving Aiden Shaw yesterday during the Alabama-Mizzou hoops game. Eight seven five KTGR. If you want to call or text us, uh, that was a rough moment, and thought the SEC office would step in and do a little bit more than it did. I again, Brendan, the. People who should have done something were the officials, and they did not, and then they put that on the SEC to try and rectify, and then the SEC did a bad job of rectifying.
2: Yeah, I guess I didn't even bother to open the press release, um, but I guess I want to, and I want to see what was said. Oh, Um, This is from Greg Sankey. Nate Oates' actions were unacceptable and violated the expectations for conduct and sportsmanship as established by the membership of the Southeastern Conference, under no circumstances," Sankey continues. "Should a coach make intentional contact with a student athlete on an opposing team?" And they even put like the bylaws and and stuff that he that he didn't adhere to. But I, that's all kind of empty. If <laughs> it's just like again, this so, happened, <laughs> yeah. And okay, like that is absolutely weak by the SEC. Having actually read the statement now, I'm even more aggrieved.
1: Right. Like, I'm just mad. What, like, what do. was the point nothing. of this? They did nothing about this. So, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be, it, it's a bad standard to set, I think, uh, for the SEC when something like this happens. And look, we don't see it very often, but I think they had a chance to uh, set a standard and they didn't. I don't know how how they would have treated it differently if it wasn't, Alabama head coach Nate Oates, I wonder how it would have been if it was instead Dennis Gates in that role. I'm just saying. Um, but it's not Dennis I Gates' character. I think that's fair to question. Yeah. But I, no, it's it, not. Is, that's it is what is fair to question. question, yeah.
2: I even tweeted that I said that I would be curious if the roles were reversed, but then again, you'd never find Dennis Gates behaving that way. Like, I just can't fathom the circumstance where Dennis Gates would, would have done that and put himself into that position. So, yeah, it's um, – Nato's lost his cool, and that's kind of something that you can kind of work, right? If I'm a player against him now, I'm going to chirp him. I'm going to try to get him to shove me because (laughs) I'm not going to touch him. But strategically, I'm I'm going to try to get him to do something because now that they're watching for it, surely they wouldn't miss it again. And I would reckon that it wouldn't be a situation where it's just a technical foul. Like if he does something like that again, now it would be a repeat offense, and I bet he would get ejected from the game.
1: Yeah. And, again, the officials now have something to maybe focus on if there's some sort of gathering of players near Alabama's bench. So, yeah, I guess Mizzou has uh, that to be unlucky about as well. Uh, The next team's probably going to get a little uh, more of the leeway than Mizzou did this time around.
2: And, by the way, like I can't remember exactly the score when that happened. It was closer than the final score. You get those free throws and keep possession of the ball. I don't I don't know that it would have made a difference in the outcome of the game necessarily, but there was a point in time where Mizzou had, that, had it trimmed pretty small in terms of the deficit, so maybe it changes things. Um, but if nothing else, the principle of it is like, yeah, you shove one of our guys, there should be some sort of recourse for that. So not necessarily that it changed the game because it probably didn't. Mizzou was just a little outmatched in this one, as we said. Um, just for the principle of the matter, you wish they would have done something.
1: 875-KTGR, call or text us with what you think they should have done uh, with Nate Oates shoving Aiden Shaw yesterday. All right, speaking of Alabama football, they're in the news today, maybe not for the best of reasons, but we're seeing some uh, portal additions from Alabama football. Of course, we were wondering if this would happen with Nick Saban retiring, and it turns out there's a few names out there that are kind of interesting. Most interesting is Caleb Downs, the uh, the safety, who was a freshman All American this year. He had over a hundred tackles as a starting safety as a freshman for Alabama, and I'll take him. Yeah, <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> he was good. incredible uh, that first year, and he's already like they're they're projecting him to be like a really high pick in the twenty twenty six NFL draft. Like it's just it, he has the the potential already, so. He enters the portal today, and he's going to get all kinds of suitors. I have no idea if Mizzou's going to try and uh, pursue him, but you at no, least make the not, call. No, not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm, but you, you, you yeah, probably, yeah, you're, I'm gonna you're, but you're this. probably not going to win the race. Like that's that you can,
2: unless you pay make. that whole budget that you had for a defensive coordinator. You promote
1: from from within,
2: yeah, and that's... you just buy yourself a player. I don't think it works like that. But if it did, that no, would be okay.
1: It doesn't, but it's uh, it, it's something that's going to have some ramifications for whoever gets Caleb Downs now and wants to pony up all that NIL and uh and try to improve their defense. Uh there there are other names though too. I mean, there one of their freshman uh I think offensive tackles uh entered the portal uh as well.
2: I will take him. And yeah. um
1: yeah, I mean, you can always have offensive line help, but it's uh, it's it's maybe the start of a wave that we were maybe expecting to happen at some point with Nick Saban's uh news last week. But um, but is this all of a sudden leveling what the matchup will be between Alabama and Mizzou this upcoming football season?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Don't you think? Like, first of all, let's take it one step at a time here. No Nick Saban was already going to be a benefit to Missouri, right? Because that's the big bad. That's what you're afraid of Greatest is Nick coach Saban. in
1: college football history, sure, yeah. Yeah, rightfully
2: so. But they were always so great at Alabama. The reason Alabama is so daunting is because of him. Now his roster is still there, so it's probably still gonna be pretty tough. But now his roster is leaving too, which again, they're gonna have talent in Alabama. Yeah. They got a great coach in Kalen DeBoer. They're gonna be all right. But sure, like that this is happening after they've announced the new coach, so they gave a new coach a chance to maybe give his spiel. And then the players that were thinking, you know, and I'll bet you this, Andy. I will bet that when Saban talked to his team, he said, let this process play out if you would. And, you know, give give the new guy an opportunity to see what you're about. Right. And and so that has happened. But now you're seeing a, a few more names go into the portal today. That's interesting. And I do think that, again, is it going to make a massive difference? I don't know. How can you tangibly measure that? but does it make me feel a little bit more like you said, that the playing field is a little more leveled? I'm going to say yes, absolutely, and if Missouri is the type of team that's going into Tuscaloosa, hopefully undefeated, but even if you you slip up at A&M or whatever, if you've got one loss, like if Missouri is that type of team, I think that it's going to be all the more possible to do what would have previously been unthinkable.
1: And look, I, I think Kalen DeBoer's a great coach, um, and he's going to be held to an absolutely impossible standard when he starts coaching games there and uh, tries to live up to what Alabama has been for the last decade and a half. That's a that's a high standard, and I, I think he'll be good there. I think Alabama will still be uh, one of the teams we talk about as being in the mix for the national championship but might not finish the job as much as they did under Sabin. So uh, I'm expecting them to not have too much of a drop-off. But first year takes a little bit of time to maybe get it or keep it in the air as high as it was. You, you have to expect some sort of drop-off before, you know, Kalen DeBoer gets his system, his standard, his culture, his players in there. And uh, I think Mizzou can take advantage of that.
2: You know I don't know if there will be a day one drop off for him at Alabama, like you think about Ryan Day. What is the story of that? Well, that at the end of the season, every year they lose to Michigan at Ohio State, but it's not like he stepped in and they weren't still in the mix for playoff each and every year. Sometimes you might go ten and two instead of eleven and one, so you don't make it, but the Ohio State has been in that mix every single time. But what I think is interesting is the pressure that's going to be on game one, like the eyes that'll be on Alabama which is always the case, but it'll be in a different way, concentrated on the coach more so than just, like, the program. They're going to say, hey, what does Alabama look like game one, whatever their schedule starts out with that first month? Like, if if they slip up in one of those games, that's when the talks really get heated well, yeah. of different Alabama, they're not the same as they were. And that's where, I, boy, I almost hope it happens that way, Andy, that they maybe lose one of their first six – handful of games before missouri goes down there because then it's kind of like oh we've seen the maybe the the dent in the armor already that's another thing mizzou could take advantage of like it's going to be very compelling to see how they start
1: they get some easy non-cons to start western kentucky and south florida shouldn't have problems beat western kentucky right yeah but they but, almost
2: lost to USF last but, year. But didn't then they, they?
1: go, uh, <laughs> sure. And then they're at Wisconsin. That'll be the interesting one. Like, uh, Ooh, that's what. Uh, wait, they can text me fire now. Yeah, oh I know. Right? It's, oh. at, it's at Camp oh. Randall. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Wait, a wait a minute. Wait a
2: minute. eyes lit up. Right? The that's going to be on that one. the one. Because, again, do I think Wisconsin's going to be a top 10 team in any given season? No, that's not usually my expectation. They went like 7 and 5 this year. Took LSU sons Jaden Daniels to the wire in the bowl game, but that was about it. But that's they're going to go to Alabama, or they're going to take Alabama and go to Wisconsin. That's going to be something. Oh man, I can't wait for that that's game. Third Googling week you, of yeah. the it's season now. is that what it is?
1: Week three, and then they have the bye, and then they play Georgia. So I mean, we find out actually pretty <laughs> they, early.
2: Oh, Alabama could have two losses going into the Mizzou game. Like if they trip up, if they trip up against Wisconsin. Which again, I don't know what the spread will be on that. I don't know what kind of team Wisconsin's going to have, but they're always the same team. Wisconsin's always seven or eight wins. You know they're going to try to defend their home turf, and they're going to have uh, definitely the fan base rabid for that one. And they're not beating Georgia. Like I think next year's the year that Georgia just gets to have its way huh. a little bit because yeah. of the the you know there's no save in there, there's no big bad to take you down like they did in the SEC championship game. Alabama's going to be uh, – Alabama, how many games do they play before Missouri? Is it like six total games or five total they games? They will have
1: seven games under their belt by the time they play Mizzou, including What if five?
2: they're five and two going into that? Oh, possible, I don't know. That, right?
1: I, I kind of rather them
2: be six and one. I don't know. Five and two,
1: yeah, they're going to be
2: angry by then. But maybe maybe they're just not the same team. Maybe Alabama goes nine and three this year. You know, they it's lose possible. to yeah. Georgia, they lose to Wisconsin, and they lose to Missouri, as many teams will. You know? Yeah. What if? What if? Saying,
1: what if? 875-KTGR. You can ask what if and tell us your thoughts. Let's go to Steve real quick, uh, talking some Mizzou hoops here. Steve, how are you?
0: Hi, how you doing? Um, I definitely think that Oates should have gotten the key on that. And uh, yeah. I was kind of, although I really like Coach Gates, I was kind of surprised by his response. I thought he might have. You know, react a little more than that. I do know if Norm Stewart was on the bench, there had been a response, and Oates would have known his place for sure. But I, there, there's no place for that. I I don't even respect Oates after the incident with his player last year, so it, it definitely should have been a T. Yeah,
1: should have been you. more. Yeah, I appreciate the call, uh, Steve, here on the big show. Yeah, people, there are some out there that are kind of coming after Dennis, saying, why didn't you stand up for your player? I... I think it's hard to maybe know exactly everything that Dennis Gates knew in that moment, too.
2: Like, I think that's true. Yeah. He's like, trying to, they're going into a timeout. He's trying to probably get right. his guys in the huddle. Yeah. He may not have even seen it. And if he's told of it, do you, do you react bombastically as a result of something you just heard secondhand? You know, Aiden Shaw, maybe Aiden Shaw comes into the huddle and he doesn't want to, he doesn't, isn't trying to start anything. So, like, I don't have any idea. I think that's true. We got to recognize what we know and what we don't and what Dennis may not have known in that moment. But have you ever seen Dennis Gates be that guy that's going to get bombastic about anything? Like, he really is a...
1: He's I mean, stoic,
2: he's reserved. Most
1: of the time, yeah. Now, there was a, a situation in the in the Georgia game a, a few weeks ago where something did irk him, and he started, like, you know, motioning toward... I, I don't know if it was Georgia's bench or the officials. Like, kind of toward that direction about something. I don't really know if we got an explanation about it. Um Maybe fouls or not fouls or things like that, but uh, again,
2: that was the game where he said we shot, you know, no free throws or whatever. So right? Yeah, it, it maybe it was related to that. But I again, just, because we, but he didn't so, know, again,
1: it, the fact that that was so notable is kind of yeah. a testament to how we just don't see it a lot from Dennis Gates.
2: And in this instance, I think without knowing for sure whether what he knew at the time, because the the heat of the battle, you don't necessarily yeah. have all the information. I, the doubt, I would yeah. say it's hard to come down on him too hard but again like you know different people like to see different things from their coaches for me i would just like to see them win more games this year so i don't need him to i don't need him to make a big production of it in the moment if especially if it wasn't he didn't have the the full set of information at the time
1: 875 ktgr call or text us with your thoughts on uh, mizzou and alabama and basketball and maybe potentially into football later on this year uh, with some of the portal additions from alabama football
2: there, they, I hope they add more. I hope more people go hey, to the portal. Caleb Downs <laughs> is ranked number one according to twenty four seven, and Caden Proctor is the offensive lineman that's ranked number two. Like those are guys are the, the two additions are the best players from the portal all season is what they're they're basically saying. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking,
1: I'm thinking I'd take them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I'd, you know I've made the decision. I'd take them.
1: Okay, I think so too. I I decide that that should happen. All right, under the bus coming up i think you know what's uh, going to be under the bus from what we've been discussing yeah. earlier but uh what else to come uh, an odd question that todd bulls got in his uh, press conference also will be discussed next after this live local sports center
0: you are listening to the big show podcast on ktgr.com it's time to go under the bus on the big show
1: well you already know from uh earlier in the show what we think is under the bus here on the big show with Andy Brennan and the producer Chris
2: Nathaniel
1: no Nathaniel yes and the SEC as well like come on I think so yeah league office had a chance to rectify this they fumbled the bag do something yeah instead of just a stern talking to
2: what should he have paid what should the fine have been? It
1: doesn't even have to be that big of a fine. Like, I don't know, 510 k Doesn't is, have to be a, anything like it? that?
2: What's Nate Oates make?
1: Let me oh, see. He's, Let me see. Oh, Can he afford that? I'm going to say fine. it's around 5 six million at least for Nate Oates. Maybe more. Oh, not quite. Really?
0: Annual base. He just he got, got an
1: extension, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He got extended. This is the, the SI article on the extension. It says the contract begins with an annual base salary of three hundred and five thousand and a talent fee of four point one nine five million. What's a talent fee? What does
0: that mean?
1: Oh, I I know what it means. Andy, it's we need to make this salary a little less big on the uh, when we report it to the state. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, what that's heck? what it is. Well, it's a talent fee. He's just
2: so talented. Andy, I would like my dollars from KTGR to oh, be paid in no. talent fee. I need to be recognized as for the talents that I have. A talent fee. That's under the bus.
1: Hey, we can make that happen.
2: He's still making like <laughs> four and a half million dollars, right, yeah, so I think yeah, he can afford right. five grand. Right.
1: Yeah. Um under the bus also to uh well it appears Bally Sports. Um the Amazon apparently Coming into a deal with Diamond Sports, who controls a lot of these RSNs, including the Cardinals and the Royals, uh, for the streaming rights, it looks like for a lot of these games. Now, I don't believe that's the case for the Cardinals because so it's, it's not. Yeah, like yeah. Not,
2: so Diamond Sports never owned the Cardinals' digital streaming rights. They have the broadcast rights, but if you're talking about opening up the app or whatever, that's streaming. That's different. And I believe the Cardinals are going to have the chance to kind of. Negotiate what they want to do with that. So, unfortunately, I don't think you'll be watching Cardinals games on Amazon Prime this summer unless something changes
1: between now and then. Yeah, and but I think this- it's pretty much the same this year for everything.
2: It is, but this could provide a little bit more of a long-term answer. Like, if Amazon ends up taking over more and more of these things... Could the inter just be Amazon Prime in the future for Cardinals fans? Maybe. Like, I don't know for sure. The Cardinals are going to have their say in this because I think they they could be prepared. They said over the weekend at Winter Warm-Up, they'll be prepared to run their own broadcast if necessary if this thing dissolves with valleys, which now with Amazon stepping in could change all the quotes they had from the weekend. But, like, worst comes to worst, they want to be able to produce their own situation so that they could obviously monetize it all and there doesn't need to be a middleman. We'll see, but I don't think you're going to be watching Amazon Prime Cardinals games this year. That's the that's at least what I believe to be true as of now.
1: I think you will be for the Royals, however. I think the Royals did have that their digital rights uh, sold over to Amazon. So I think Which that would be is,
2: great. If you're a Prime subscriber and you're already like, I don't even have to worry about it. I've got it on there. That's kind of cool. That is kind of neat.
1: Yes. Uh, Bally's though I know under the bus. Uh, it was never going to work out. Just
2: so no, bad. and this this honestly keeps it alive, and not in Bally's name, but in in some form or fashion. Some way, maybe it survives, which I don't know if that's good or not long term. But we're kicking the can down the road if, if Amazon swoops in, I guess.
1: And under the bus too, I guess this moment between Tampa Bay head coach Todd Bowles getting ready for a big playoff game in Detroit. <laughs>
2: this is great.
1: And a reporter who asked. Uh, well, this question, which ended up being unfortunate.
2: The weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams uh, today. It's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures <coughs> tend have talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit?
0: You didn't know we play indoors, right? They got dome. Ah.
1: Andy, oh, man. We got a dome, he says. Listen, they got a the, dome. Maybe
2: the worst part of it was how long it took the question. Like, she did right. the setup, she gave you the weather report, and.
1: Look, Ed,
2: that. Did you. Oh.
1: Look, I dumb. get it. The reporter didn't know. But also, pretty sure, I don't think we know the reporter's name, but pretty sure she wasn't a regular sports reporter, had to cover it that's um, going to be from, my guess like
2: it so i don't usually need the a name.
1: news person and had yes. to go and cover it because the station she works for probably cut their sports department entirely and that's kind of a, an indictment on the current state of local sports media of like, you know, in some places, they're just completely gutting the staff.
2: Yeah, it, we don't know for sure what the stabbing looks like and so I'm not coming after her name. I honestly don't want to know it. It was a funny moment, but she doesn't need to be blasted out there. But did you hear the little cough in the background as she was kinda oh, setting yeah. up her question? I think that was somebody going, oh no, I know where yeah. this is going Uh-oh. and just like a, just like a nervous cough comes out that was a a gold moment and he handled there was a little more to the quote but not, you know he just said yeah we you know he was nice enough to kind of answer the question and get through it but yeah we they got a dome up there in detroit so no worry about the temperature.
1: under the bus again just uh, have actual sports reporters whatever stations be nice. there are right yeah to know what questions to ask
0: it's time for the sweetest thing in sports the big show.
1: Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Celebrate those January birthdays with delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary birthday any day. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Well, Jason Kelsey, uh, we believe he is uh, going to retire. He did say on his podcast that he didn't officially announce anything, but we kind of assume that that's going to be the case. There was a nice moment that he had, though. Uh, the other day, he tends to just go to McDonald's and just gets breakfast uh, pretty regularly and kind of knows some of the uh, the people there and knew a particular employee that was a huge fan. Recently gifted that employee with a signed jersey. That's pretty cool stuff for, for a guy that, you know, we'd, we'd expect nothing less from a guy like Jason Kelsey. He's just consummate pro on and off the field, everything like that.
2: He seems like a great dude. I mean, really, just the, an upstanding guy. And yeah, it, when it comes to the retirement, I think that was whether that like leaked out because he told the, the team after the game, and he was even not. I didn't hear anything from him. Kind of poo pooing that somebody leaked it. I, I, I thought he didn't really have a negative tone about any of it. I think he just wants to be able to take the opportunity and properly thank all the people and have that announcement when he's ready. Um, for all the people that, you know, supported him throughout his career. But just a cool gesture to do, you know, the, a guy he gets to know at McDonald's over the years because he, you know, is, I don't know, I assume that was in Philly, but that's just kind of a, a another cool thing. It's all, always awesome when you see athletes kind of using that platform and, and doing, doing good things like that.
1: Yeah, and it means a whole lot to those folks. And um, good on Jason Kelsey for, uh, for making uh, that woman's day. Um, all right. We've got some, uh, some NFL playoffs to talk about, not about Jason Kelsey's team, because, my goodness, uh, they laid an egg the other day against Todd Bowles' uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. That was one upset. Are there more upsets to come in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs? We'll talk about that at 525. And uh, at 505 Chiefs, Bills, how much do we make of this being Mahomes' first road playoff game? We'll talk about that next year on the big show.